uh, I came up with 10 pitfalls of serving others. And this has come about in part some real-life things that I've been witnessing uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, the story that we talked about in the first hour certainly brings many of these uh, about, um, too. We'll go through these guys. We'll talk about them. And if there are others that I missed that you wanted to talk uh, talk about, uh, by all means, let me know. And I want to say, David, these are not in any particular order. They're just the orders that this is just the order that came to my mind. Uh, however, I did purposely make number ten on my list the most important one to me. Let me go through this story real quick, just to kind of illustrate to you what we're talking about here. Many of us subscribe to philosophies that 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 kind of push us or uh, dare I say, force us to serve and help others for no other reward other than great feeling that you get for helping other people. But, you know, like all things, like within any philosophy, um, if you blindly follow things as they are written by an imperfect human, you know, we're all imperfect. And if you follow something that's imperfect to the letter, it's going to, to snowball into something worse. So, you know, of course, there's always pitfalls in every kind of philosophy. You know, we can shoot holes in any philosophy out there, David. We can even shoot holes in, in our own philosophy, you know. But the key here, the, the key here is to understanding that, that everywhere around us there are landmines and pitfalls. And, and once we learn to identify those, it's just simply navigating around them, right? Yep. So I'm going to share with you a story, something I've been witnessing. I've been partially a part of, but 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 for the most part, I've been kind of a witness and a uh, counselor within all this. Okay, we have a family member that's that that has become very ill, and I don't even know if that's true. I just say that because she's up there in age. You know, you expect folks uh, who are up there in age to you know for their bodies to not be as strong as they were when they were in their twenties. You know, and it's come to the point where this person is is feeling like. Is starting to feel a, a great sense of loneliness, depression, simply because I think there's a sense of uh, of an end coming. I think they they understand that there's probably not a whole lot of time left. How they're how they're feeling the, the situation is is going. So uh, here we are with this person really doesn't have many people to to count on every day to help care for them and take care of them. House cleaning, you know. Uh, cooking meals, things like that, you know. And it has come to a point where another person is being pressured to quit their job, move from their home, and move three hours away um, to, to fulfill this need to be cared for. Now, this is probably a pretty a pretty uh, a similar situation that a lot of people face every day. However, it's also a common thing for this other person to feel seriously guilty. Now, I've spent many hours the last two weeks counseling this person um, about being about feeling guilty because they feel like they're they feel like they're being selfish because they won't quit their job and they won't pack up their whole life and move three hours away. They feel like they're not upholding their end of of some invisible bargain that does not even that does not even exist. So this has all come to to a point where and. And my counsel to them was, hey, you know what? You have to consider your own well-being before you can consider others, other people's well-being. You said earlier uh, you were talking in terms of loving your wife. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly do that unless you love yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, go ahead. 
Yeah, absolutely. This person feels guilty because they won't give in to pressure and pack up and move. So, so my suggestion was, well, hold on here. You're not the one with these issues. I understand that this person's very dear to you. This person's very dear to me too. But there has to be some give and take here. Let's let's face it. We live in the real world. Uh, we are <clears throat> rapidly approaching um, a situation uh, in our real lives where uh, we're looking like you know the twenties here, okay? Uh, and things are not getting better. You're going to quit your job at your age and expect to get hired in a year or two later? Probably not going to happen. You have to consider yourself first. Put all the other things aside. So, so this has got me thinking about some pitfalls of serving others. And these are things, you know, that we need to be aware of. And these are the ten things that came to mind for me. Number one on my list was helping those who do not want help. We see people who, who want to save, quote-unquote, someone from themselves. What do you guys think about that? I've, I've answered it before. I'll let Charles hear it if he's still on the line. I'm here. I'm here. Go ahead. All right. Um, what is that? Like half of all the shows I do, right? They come in. What am I always saying? You know, you're going to run into people. They don't want your help. You know, you want to give it to them. You want to, you want to pick them up out of the mud and carry them on your back, but they won't let you. They'll, they'll they'll bite that hand as soon as you extend it. It's one of one of the biggest problems is you can't help someone who doesn't want help because not only will they not let you help them, they will fight against you helping them, and then they will drag you down to where they're at and then hop up and down on you until you're lower than where they're at. And then finally, when you're lower than they are, they'll say, oh, I wish someone would have helped me. Yeah, that that sums up my thoughts on it. <laughs> I think I think it's the first paragraph of that story from earlier, David, where where the knight was so knightly that he even went to help dam, damsels in distress that weren't even in distress, and he saved them anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very forthcoming here. I've I've never pretended that anything that I've ever done to help other people was not a in some way a help to myself. And I don't mean just directly. I mean, uh, someone comes to you, they have a problem. Sure, you're putting forth an effort to solve the problem. But what are you doing? You're getting better at uh, solving problems. Mm-hmm. So the more problems you can solve, the more uh, you can you can uh, take care of your own life, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't really look at it as servitude, you know. I, I do what I do because I like I like to have the goal met. I like to have whatever whatever is bothering them taken care of, you know. But I know that in so doing I'm actually helping both of both of us, you know. Right. And whenever like you say, uh to to receive as good as you, you get, you also have to acknowledge that whenever you reach out for help from someone else, you are also giving them an opportunity to help themselves by helping you. Well put. That's a very good point. Um, it's something that we forget. Giving and receiving is the same. It it's just important to give and receive. But but most certainly, when you are helping somebody, um, it's important to understand that you are helping yourself at the same time, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine because you're going to give somebody else the opportunity to learn how to get better at helping people too. But you know, all too often we see people trying to save someone from themselves. 
Well, well, okay, number one, you don't know them as well as they know themselves. Okay, number two, they don't want your help. Leave them the hell alone. You are going to cause yourself to be deeper and deeper in that ditch by forcing yourself upon them. That brings me to my second one that I see um, more often is uh, quote-unquote helping others live up to an idea that is not their own. And of course, of course, this is for their own good, right? <laughs> Any comments on that one? I'm guilty of that at times. Not as much anymore, but early on. You know, we all get to hear the stories of my, my past failed students, and that was my failure, you know. I looked at them and I said, ah, I see what's wrong. You know, your life's in turmoil, this, that, and the other, rather than you know, actually, honestly, looking and seeing what they wanted to be, my response was, oh, I'll make you into what I think you should be, and that'll work great. And more often than not, actually, every single time I did that that way, it backfired, and oh, God, did it backfire. It wasn't until one of my closest and dearest friends was one of the people that I looked at, and I said to him, all right, I've seen how this other thing works. You know, what is it you want to do? And then I'll see if I can help you figure out how to do that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know from firsthand experience. What what it is is once you're helping someone, you feel that you're empowered, but you're helping, right? You know, that means you must be important. You know what you're doing. Uh, and the greatest mistake we can make when helping someone is to assume that we know what we're doing. We've got to cast that assumption aside and simply work on helping them, not on knowing what we're doing in the process thereof. We'll shine a little love on uh, one of our hosts, Master Derek Thompson, the host of Ashlandites Radio and owner of Ashlandites.net. He has an academy there, and a lot of people get this idea in their head that because it's one academy for all students, that um, it's kind of like a golf course or an obstacle course and that there's some kind of right or wrong answer and that they are weighed depending on their answer of of the, the questions in the academy. But really, the real objective there is to navigate the thing and it's all about you. The thing that distinguishes what I'm what I'm trying to talk about here is the fact that we're not trying to build robots there. Uh, we're we're building free thinkers that are totally capable in and of their own right to do whatever they want to do. And we really mean that when we say it. So that I mean you have you have knights like Seti Scarabus, Ashland Knight, go figure, right? So that philosophy that it's more important that you have your own stuff straight within your own system than you adopt our system. Mhm. And I wanted to point out number one you're going to see those kind of pitfalls mostly from family. Family always want to try to save someone from themselves. And the reason it's a pitfall is because most times we don't have all the information we need. We don't really understand the whole situation. We come out of left field trying to save the day. The second one, uh, we would see this a lot in in certain academies, certain websites, um, certain faiths, certain certain religions. You see people wanting to, quote, unquote, help you find the real truth or the real idea that you should be following. Uh, number three, I see this one a lot too. Stepping into situations that do not require us to, quote-unquote, save the day. 
You know, sometimes let shit go. Let the problem work itself out. You know, if you're watching something going down, all right, let it go down. Just let it go because you may make it worse if you just step in there blindly without any kind of information. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, first off, wow, you're hitting on all the ones I've done wrong. <laughs> um, but that's good because got, we learn from those mistakes. I got, you pe- I got you pegged, sucker. I got you. You, you know me too well. Um but, yeah, that's a big one, and I've done that one a lot. Um, I actually did that one recently, and I, I stepped out completely. I realized that as long as I was uh, intervening in this person's life, that I was showing up, you know, cape and super chuck outfit on with the, the big old S on the front for stupid, um, jumping in there every time, that it was just going to, cause them more and more trouble and, you know, as a result, then cause me more and more trouble trying to dig them back out of it. So, yeah, um, often often the the problems you step into that don't need you are the ones that where you cause the most harm. You know, you're the, you go and there's this, uh, uh, I guess, the classic superhero idea. There's a, a young grandson helping his grandmother pick her purse up that she just drops you run over and knock the guy out because you think he's mugging her well now now you've got a guy with a concussion and a terrified uh elderly person that didn't do anything useful nope and i'm gonna skip ahead on the list because you have you've called me out here um i'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit and i'm gonna say this superheroes are for comic books and movies they are for comic books and movies Sometimes the most common and simple win the day. A lot of us uh, uh, who are very passionate about helping others and serving those who need, uh, who, you know, and serving those um, who, who we feel need help, we we oftentimes go busting in there like like Super Charles or like Superman, right? We overdo it and we we don't understand that that sometimes the most common and simple will win the day. It will help more than you know. As you put it to me before the show, Charles, uh, Cyclops wanting to see with his eyes, and, and, and all he sees is death and mayhem because he's blasting everybody, right, without the visor. Very true. Very true. Um, when you dive in with with that uh, ferocity that the classic superhero shows, you often dive in without the restraint that's expected. It's funny that you uh, brought that up because, you know, I played the uh, – the Superman game on PlayStation 2 a while back, uh, back when, you know, it was still popular, and didn't know that you can up the power of what you're doing, and I wiped out half the city, and I was like, wow, (laughs) there's a reason I don't do this for a living. There's a quote from the comics also I'd like to add to that. The difference between a regular person and the ideal of the superhero is that the superhero recognizes what they're doing is just the best that they can do, where the regular person, when they start to do great things to try and help someone, gets the inflated ego. And there's a quote from a old comic a friend of mine brought up a while back from Batman to Superman. He says, uh, Clark falls from the sky, raining bolts of fire like a god from some Greek legend, and oh, so thankful we are that he doesn't realize what he looks like or what he is, mm-hmm. or the world would be in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. I think it's because he wears underwear outside his pants. That's what keeps him in check. That's what I do to stay humble. 
David, do you have anything on this one? Well, I have maybe a maybe a flip on it. In dealing with in dealing with my own kids, <clears throat> I really have to be careful because they are they're better at dishing out than they are taking it, and I can be so coarse, so harsh that I'm really uh, hurting them more than I mean I'm just talking, you know, but my words have more impact on them than what would be evident at first. So in my own life, I have learned that I am actually bigger than what I consider myself to be. And sometimes I have to watch out for that too because I can I can hurt other people when, whenever I don't intend to. I have two that, that I'm going to mix together for, for the sake of time here. I mean, I mean, they're kind of the same. It's just a flip on each other. Something I see... And, and, and I've actually experienced this, people trying to do this to me. Another pitfall that we fall into is allowing others to guilt us into helping them when they do not deserve our help. Likewise, uh, us guilting others into letting us help them. What we're talking about here is manipulation, okay? And we can say manipulation is good or bad depending on the intent. Bullshit. Manipulation is manipulation, bottom line. It's the same thing. Whether you consider it good or bad, you are still manipulating somebody. You're trying to bend their will against themselves. Or you're having your will uh, trying to be bent against you, which is which is a crime as far as I'm concerned, David. There's no good reason to manipulate somebody. Really? Oh, no. Well, if, you, if you have to guilt I mean, somebody into in receiving your help, I say let them no, fall no, no, flat not, on their goddamn face. Let them fall right no, on their face. No, nah, I'm not talking about that. What if uh what if I have some emotional baggage here that I don't want to let go? What are you gonna tell me to make me set down my suitcase? Well, I'm gonna tell would you that not, would that not be manipulation? You're no, ab- me absolutely not. Absolutely you're talking not talking me out of my pain, Justin. I wanna no, hurt, I'm man. I'm not gonna talk you out of your pain. I'm gonna show okay. you or I'm going to, to, to give you a way to get rid of that pain yourself. It's not my job to get rid of your pain. That's your job. Right, exactly. Right? Now, how, so, am I going to, how am I going to do it? You're going to do it when you want it. You know, that kind of goes back to helping others that don't want to be helped. You cannot call anybody on earth an alcoholic. They can only call themselves an alcoholic because it doesn't matter what you say to them. They have to understand they're an alcoholic before they will ever, ever accept any truth beyond that. So... Uh, when I'm talking about people trying to guilt us, it goes back to the story I shared. This person is is literally being bombarded by outside people trying to guilt her into doing something that she knows deep down is not the right thing to do. And in turn, she's allowing that guilt to grow. Okay, That's complete bullshit. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, it's not because the person is close to me. It doesn't matter. Manipulation is manipulation. And when we guilt others, into trying to help us, we don't deserve our help. You have to guilt somebody to help you. You don't deserve their help because obviously you just don't want to do the work yourself. Well, the guilt is just one way of doing it. I mean, there's lots of other ways of, of doing it without guilt. If I could interject here, yeah, uh, sure. we brought up manipulation in this, and I think I see where the, the kind of conflict arose. Manipulation is one thing. You know, if I say, you know, Actually, my weight loss is coming good, but it's a good one to use, okay? If I was to say, guys, you know, I just need a little extra help with this, 
you know, I have no doubt that the next three topics on the uh, KOA show would be all about, you know, uh, willpower or knowing when you're, where your limits are or things like that. And it would be a form of manipulation to be a subconscious trickery. Now, the difference between that and guilt, guilt is a pity play is really what it is. And mm-hmm. pity plays are so despisable because they do hone in on that basic instinct, that uh, kindness that's a part of you, and you don't realize it until it's already happened. And when it does, oh, man, does it sting because you realize that someone's just played you for a fool. Let's but, talk about the bender. We, we like benders, right? Benders? What about, uh, yeah, benders. Like we love benders yeah. No, benders no. are ideas ideas that are so private, but they are so far advanced uh, from where you're at that it makes your mind hurt just to think about them. Let me help you out, David. Well, a bender is a KOA staple. It's a Davidism. Okay, I told you guys I'm gonna write a book on Davidism. <laughs> bender is when when you get thrown something at you and you catch it in your mind, and it is so profound. To you, it could be something simple, but it's so profound to you because you never thought of it that way that it, like, bends you over backwards. All right. Now now that we have Bender established, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the Bender that Morpheus threw Neo in, in the Matrix movie when he's training him inside the dojo, the training program. The training program that were there inside of a dojo, and he's, uh, he's, he's hitting him, physically hurting him, it's virtual, but he's hurting him, and uh, he knocks him to the ground and says, do you think that's air you're breathing now? Okay. Later on during the movie, Cypher says, ooh, what a mind job. You know? Mm-hmm. He was manipulating Neo to realize the truth, but was his manipulation wrong? Was it wrong for him to do that? Well, really, I think, for what it's worth, I think it comes down to the intent behind any manipulation, as well as the intent the person is going to receive it with. Had Neo been like Cypher, you've seen how Cypher took the manipulation. He he took the same manipulation Neo did. Everyone there had at one point been suspected to be Neo, and Cypher took it the wrong way. And as a result, it was wrong, and you've seen the result of it. You know, a negative yeah. action creates a negative result. Neo took it in the right way. Neo was able to take it the right way, and so, at the end of the day, it can be said to be a right action. Yeah, carry on with the show. I didn't mean to disrupt things. <laughs> no, I mean, it is what it is. You know, what gets me about manipulation yeah. is it's a crime if you allow it to if you allow it to be, if you allow yourself to be manipulated. You know, that's each of our responsibilities as conscious living beings to that's allow yeah. whatever we want. So the next one, another another pitfall I see is people will use the same approach to every problem and for every person they encounter. They try to just use the same solution for everything. Um, I'll give you a perfect one. A student goes to a Jedi Master, go meditate, go meditate, go meditate. It's like, I swear to God, it's like they have these freaking flashcards that you give to your you know, third grader to learn multiplication. Meditation might work for Charles, but it may not work for this person. So, uh, which one of my students did you talk to, Justin? That's that. That's my question. Um, <laughs> which one of them ratted me out, man? No, um, seriously, you you hit the nail on the head, and I'm going to bring up two points on that um, without naming names. Most of my students, when I uh, first started taking students on, I was arrogant. I said, you know what they need to be since I'm a wizard. 
<laughs> they need to be wizards. Of course, that's the, the best path for them. Get them down that path one way or the other, too. Um, sadly, it was the other. You said on meditation, a good friend of mine is very, very capable spiritually, very powerful energetically, can't do clear mind meditation. And he had people running him ragged, trying to get him to empty his mind. What it is, I forget the mental condition he has, but his mind creates image. He is a awesome artist. I mean, like, bar none, superior artist. I said to him, why aren't you meditating on holding an image then? And he says, you can do that? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the next step after you clear your mind, especially if it's something that you don't find of use. The next step would be to move to another meditation. You're just wiping the slate clean at that point so you don't got any clutter. Suddenly he's an excellent meditator. Um, in the interest of time, David, I'm just going to list off these next two that I had to, to round off the ten. Number nine, and these are my top ones here. Um, I wish we had more time, um, but we've talked about them before. Uh, sacrificing our own well-being to help another person. You know, we see it a lot. God, we put ourselves in trouble to help somebody else. And uh, the last one, helping others before helping ourselves. You know, we've talked about that a million times. It's a big one. I can't stress it enough. We gotta help. You gotta you gotta help yourself before you can help other people. If you're starving, you can't feed another person. 